Welcome to the School of Travel's podcast. I'm your host, Becky Gillespie, and each week I bring you stories of how travel can truly change your life if you take the chance to get out on the road and step out of your comfort zone. My guests also share travel tips and lessons they've learned along the way, which I hope inspires you to let travel be your teacher. Hello, listeners, and welcome to another episode of the School of Travel's podcast. Before we start today, I just want to extend a big happy holidays and send out my heartfelt thanks to you all for listening and spending time with me in what has been such a difficult year for us all. I'm hoping that you are all safe and staying healthy out there, and I really hope that we can all get back to a more relaxed and open society as soon as possible in 2021. Back in March, I really debated about whether I should keep going with this podcast as things around the world were shutting down and travel didn't seem to be happening at all. But one thing I thought I still might be able to do was inspire you for your future travels and hopefully entertain you and make you laugh with different stories that were brought up on this podcast. This week's episode can definitely be filed under the category of entertainment and fun as I interviewed Jules and Christy Bourne, who decided to sell their house and leave Charleston, South Carolina after 13 years in 2020 and buy an RV and travel around the U.S. along with their dog, Tigger. It's now been almost three months since they started their journey, and we're going to get all of their tips and tricks for how to make the most of it. Without further ado, here are Jules and Christy. Welcome to episode 48 of the School of Travels podcast. I have a very special episode for you listeners today because we are talking to Jules and Christy Bourne, who have made a dramatic change in their lives this year, as many of you have because of COVID and this pandemic. But I, I don't want to give it away. I want to let them tell you. So Jules and Christy, welcome to the podcast. Hello. Hi, Becky. Thanks for having us. Thank you, guys. And a shout out to our mutual friend, Anna Mazurik, for connecting us. We love you, Anna. Check out episode 10 of the School of Travels podcast for my interview with her. All right, Jules and Christy, can you please tell me a little bit about yourself? Go ahead, Jules. Okay. Who's Anna? (laughs) So I am originally from England. Uh, As you can see, I am legal in case this is being recorded and can be used against me. I'm 51. I've uh, got a background in engineering. I've never been asked this before. What are your turn offs? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I like uh, my turn offs are rainy days and war. <laughs> uh, my background's in engineering. I, I did a, a service in the military in England and the Royal Air Force and joined Rolls Royce. Came to America with Rolls Royce. I met Christy uh, fairly quickly and um, we've been together since. 2003. Um, My, you said yeah. fairly quickly. Can you elaborate? I love these meet cute stories. Uh, that was, um, I think I'd been here six weeks, maybe. Two months. Two months. Yeah, I, did, I, I won't stand on dates. Christy will tell you uh, the exact dates. I, I'll, I'll guesstimate. But yeah, yeah, n- not very long at all. I came over, like I say, with work, um, supposedly to uh, take over from somebody, uh, another Rolls Royce employee was going to retire. And he, he never retired, really. And I just stayed there working with him for a long time and had great fun. Awesome. So how did you guys meet? We met at a gas station. Really? So I had a, uh, I've always ridden motorcycles for fun and uh, had a motorcycle as soon as I got to the States. And I was, I'm a big believer in safety. I, I had, you know, a full leather suit on and uh, helmet, boots, all the rest of it. 
and Christy was checking me out while I was at a gas station. Oh my gosh. Which is the, not true. The top and bottom truth of it. Not true. I was simply getting gas for my Xterra. So I probably should do uh, my little background for this to make sense that I am. I started life in a boring fashion, going straight through school, was a book nerd, went to medical school. I'm a doctor and I, I'm an emergency medicine physician. And so I was looking at this man on this really, really fast motorcycle thinking, I'm probably gonna see you in the trauma bay someday. He interpreted that as I was checking him out. It was quite the opposite. I was concerned about his safety and life choices. Uh, this actually comes full circle because I had these bright orange racing motorcycle boots, leather boots, and I thought I still had them till we came to clear out all our clutter before we came to live on the road. And I found them and I pulled them out of the box and they just fell apart. I mean, they were so old and just hadn't been worn for such a long time. They fell apart. So I'd still have them, but now they're gone. The reason why we met. Oh, and so Christy, did you just get on the back of the motorcycle and it was just like right off into the sunset? No, 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 no. <laughs> Safety first, seatbelts on, can't do that in a motorcycle. So what happened from there? Gosh, so we've been together so over 17 years. Yep. Got married. Obviously, he decided to stay in the U.S. Obviously, I really annoyed my in-laws. Hi, Stephen Carmel. Because I stole their son from England, the motherland. So he he ultimately has become a U.S. citizen, and here we are. What do you think about the U.S., Jules, after all this time? Oh, well, recently, not so much. Um, but I've, I'm, I've always enjoyed uh, living here. I, I just think it's so easy to live people are very friendly i i love the way of life and, and i love the weather as well more than anything we lived in south carolina um and north carolina so we've always had you know nice weather so you, you've been in both of those states the whole time you guys have been together yeah we met in north carolina um where i was working and then and christy was working and then we we came down to a wedding in charleston south carolina and pretty much decided the next chance we could we should come and move and Christy managed to find a job down there. So we uh, we moved down to Charleston, South Carolina. It's one of those cities I've always wanted to see and still haven't made it to yet, but I hear the food is amazing. Charleston is an incredible city with incredible food, incredible people. We absolutely loved it, which that was a really hard decision for where we are now. Um, when we moved there, we're both kind of movers. We, we move around a lot. We both love to travel, hence our mutual connection with Anna here and uh, <laughs> and even when we went we were driving to Charleston saying we're so excited to move there we'll probably live there five years and then move on and we we lived there 13 years until this recent drastic decision wow and what was that drastic decision guys drum roll please we decided to sell our house sell almost all our stuff and living in an RV for a while. Oh, wow. How quick was this decision? Had you been thinking about it for a long time? Well, we thought about leaving because we moved within Charleston once, which was unusual. Usually that would be twice, twice. right? The, the, the second more major time that uh, five years ago, mm -hmm. four years ago, that normally that would be the point that we go and live somewhere else. And we stayed there. We bought another house and just we really enjoyed it. 
And then we'd always said that we would move at some point. You know, we were always looking. Or we want to go to Colorado. We want to go to lots of places um, to live. And we go to visit already. And just lots of little things fell into place, especially with 2020 being the year it was or is. And we, I mean, we did spend a couple of months planning it, which sounds like a long time, but it is way too short of a time to plan such a big move, I think. That was Operation Warp Speed yeah, in that... my mind. <laughs> we had been contemplating, really, we've been talking about moving to Colorado, as our friends know, for decades. And we just kept saying, well, we're going to move, but when, but when? And Jules was the one that kept saying, something's going to happen. There's going to be a sign. And if 2020 wasn't a sign for pretty much everyone, whatever that sign may be, um, we just, between that and all kind of other things uh, happened around us to us in 2020 that we said, you know what, this is it, we're doing it. And doing it started out as we're just going to move. We're going to make a move. We're going to switch jobs. We're going to move. And then you want to tell her the RV story because this is it, it sounds pretty impulsive i'm sure but well so my last job um when we moved out to charleston i started my own business um in the car business buying selling cars and i was at an auction and uh th this was probably in april that was july but really i could be wrong i can't remember I um and there was a usually there's cars at an auction but there was a motorhome there a really nice looking rv and I said, picture to Christy, and said, why don't we buy one of these and just, you know, li literally just go move into one of these and go. And and it snowballed from that picture, which we still have that picture somewhere, don't we, of that we RV? We do. Because there's, there's been other RVs at the auction, but every time I've stepped into one, I've thought a murder has taken place in this. They just had a chilling air inside them that somebody had died. Oh, this one, no God. murder. Maybe someone had got a little bit of stomach trouble so it did smell a little bit of poo um but i didn't think anybody had died in it they maybe thought they were going to die but they they just had a poorly tummy was that the rv that you ended up getting no no no, no okay no. so that was no. the inspiration rv we said no to poo smell yeah we said yeah well then it... that we started to educate ourselves a little bit about about rvs because we've never stayed in one before we've never rented one we've never had a weekend in one i mean i've never stepped set foot in one until until i'd you know stood in that one at the auction so that that is jules i'm the opposite so i i my parents had a camper van that we went in and then my grandfather every summer would take myself my sisters my cousins camping for two weeks in a big uh clunky it almost looked like a, a trash truck but like a, a a camper van and just incredible, incredible memories. And I'm a big camper, hiker, outdoors. I love being outside. I know I have plenty of friends that have lived a proper van life and it really, really appeals to me and something I've always wanted to do. Um, not exactly what Jules had in mind. So when he started talking more about class A motorhomes, I, I had no idea. And for anyone thinking about RVs of any type, YouTube is your friend. There's so much information on YouTube. Yeah, I'm, I'm a huge movie buff. Watch a movie a day. Um, and then we just completely stopped. And all we did was watch YouTube every single night, just soaking up all people's experiences and reviews of RVs and stuff like that. That's all, we've, all we did for months, just looking at, you know, get, getting ideas and information. Have you guys heard of uh, Kirsten Dirksen? 
on YouTube. It's a lot of tiny homes, but I think there's some RVs as well. I really love following her channel. Oh, I know. I've not heard of her. her. I'll send it to you guys. It's it's an interesting one, but it's inspired me a bit with this whole idea of van life and the possibilities of like how small your living place can be. Ah, see, so that so that's not me. I don't want to be. How small can I make it? What's the minimum? What's the least I can get away with? I wanted a. I don't like hardship. I don't want to be cold. <laughs> I don't want to be. Okay. I, 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 that's just not why we're here. You know, as human beings, we're not here to to live in servitude. So I wanted to have something <laughs> nice. So that's that's why we've made an accommodation. Whereas we're living on the road. I mean, we're totally. This is our home. But it's not as small and as thrifty as Christy would like. But it is, to me, very comfortable. Becky, Jules is a dandy, if you haven't figured that out. He's a dandy. <laughs> I'm getting an idea now. I'm getting an idea, but I'm also excited for you. I'm excited that you, you chose luxury for what has been the most difficult year that any of us can remember. So what does your RV look like that you decided on? It's a nice looking motor. I mean, it's not, but I don't, I mean, it's not like the Rolling Stones are going to go on tour in it. It's nowhere near as big as that. Um, but it's, it's, it's 35 feet. It's a fair size. You don't need a, a special license to drive it. Or if you do, I, I, I haven't got one. Um, it's, it's, um, it's a gas engine. I mean, it's got a bed in it, um, a sofa, the TV, um, a, you know, a shower and a bathroom, the, things that you need a refrigerator stove microwave it's like a small house definitely the big thing that we've learned with this is it's all about managing the the resources the resources that this has the water the waste you produce the electricity you're going to consume the electricity you can store and then how you use that so it's going to sound crazy we've got a nice motorhome but i've just been for a poo at the bathhouse because we can't, you know, you can't fill up and use all your water and stuff like that. So if there is a, um, you know, a bathhouse there, I mean, we've taken more showers in bathhouses than we have had in showers here. But yeah, you still learn to manage what you have and we still use the bath bathhouse. By the bathhouse, do you mean like on a campground? Are you guys at a campground Yes, at a right campground. Now? Yeah, okay. but we could, we could probably go a week. Yeah, so I think the biggest thing I've learned is there... For people thinking about a, a camper van or a van life or RV or any of these things, there are so many options. That, and it, you will hit a point if you start watching YouTube, it's, what is it, analysis paralysis, where there are just so many choices. You feel like you just don't even know what to do. And the biggest thing comes down to, in my mind, what do you want to use it for? Which was a bit of a problem for Jules and I, because I wanted to go out boondocking in the middle of nowhere, Colorado, with no cell signal and no internet and no nothing, um, which is a whole different ball game than if you want to have some creature comforts and connectivity, which he definitely does. So we've tried to do the best we can splitting the difference with we did upgrade our batteries so that we will be able to go out boondocking and be off grid for a while once we head out west, but still have it big enough for for comfort. Hmm. Okay. It, it all depends. Like you said, there's, there are so many options and for budget as well. We've learned, you know, at first I was so embarrassed that we're in this thing. But we've gone to places where we are, this thing is nothing compared to what other people have. You know, they're in the $300,000, $500,000 plus range. And it's just insane. Um, 
But then, like I said, I have friends that do van life and they do not spend anywhere near that much. I think there's also, we learned this watching the YouTube channels, huge variation. So that's your, what I would call your upfront cost. But then there is huge variation on what you want to spend on your daily budget. And some of these people that I've watched, either read online or watched on YouTube, that talk about how they're being budget conscious, it makes my skin crawl. I would never spend that much money a day. They're they're going out to eat all the time. They're uh, going out drinking all the time. They're going and doing all these tourist entertainment things. And we don't do any of that. Um, we cook it, cook in a lot. We hike a lot. We mountain bike a lot. And all of that stuff's free or very cheap. Um, so our day-to-day expenses are very low. That was definitely one of my questions is about food, like how often you eat out and how you manage the the food and what kind of meals you tend to cook. Well, I was just going to say COVID has definitely affected this. I think we, we would be going out to eat a little more if it wasn't for COVID. Um, but being in the medical field, uh, I, and, you know, I take this very seriously and we, we really haven't been out for a real, real meal since March, not an indoor meal for sure, since March. And that is our normal lifestyle. When we were at home, we cooked in a lot and that hasn't changed at all. In fact, the life here pretty much mimicked what we did at home. We grilled out most nights at home, you know, on on an outdoor grill, you know, meat or fish and vegetables, which is pretty much what we eat. Now, I'd actually say we've probably varied a little bit more. Yeah, thank goodness Jules is the cook of the family. So, um, and we've really gotten something we've really gotten into here because we got a Blackstone grill, which is we learned on YouTube, pretty amazing thing to have. And so we've really gotten into, I call them the bowl meals where uh, we'll fill the bottom of the bowl with couscous. He's going to gag when I say that because he doesn't like couscous, but couscous and then just throw on top a bunch of grilled vegetables and shrimp or a piece of tuna or a piece of chicken. And especially when you're sitting around the fire and it's a little chilly, it's that comfort bowl food. I, I love bowl dinners personally. But it's, it's usually a grilled out protein and then some vegetables with it, or maybe we've got a convection oven in here. So I like, um, Christy likes tater tots. I love tots. And I like, um, uh, chips, what do you call them? French fries. Yeah, French fries. Yeah, you know, made in the oven. For breakfast, we have pretty much the same thing every single day. I have an English muffin, you have... I have fruit. Fruit. And then for lunch, we try and have salad if we can go to the grocery store and get, you know, salad. That's, so we have pretty much the same as what we'd have when we were at home. Because we were home a lot as well, because I have my own business. And Christy would work various odd hours. So we were at home a lot anyway. It does sounds very comfortable. It sounds like you have it worked out. And when did you guys get on the road? October 9th. Oh, wow. We literally closed on our house sale that day. And we were driving up the interstate out of Charleston. And the realtor called us and said, okay, everything's gone okay. It's, you know, it's, it's, you're clear. And we said, thank goodness. We're we're on I-26. We're we're halfway out of South Carolina already. That's great. Because we, we signed the day before but when the people came to buy it they um you know they were a day later but we'd gone do you know the other thing that i've thought about all of this if we haven't mentioned is our dog tigger and i think he has he has quite an impact on how we live as well because i don't think we'd want to make him uncomfortable yeah as far as here and at home so for instance I, i am still working remotely and i was on a call today and when i walked outside he's got an outdoor dog bed 
and I walked out and realized that Jules had taken his indoor comfy bed and put it on his outdoor bed and he was snoring in the sun. So happy. Our, everything revolves around the dog. Oh, how old is your dog? We don't know exactly. He was a stray, but we've had him just over 10 years. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Yeah. I definitely would love a photo for us to put on the schooloftravels.com. Do you have like a trajectory for this lifestyle you have now? Like how long you want to do it, where you'd like to go in the RV? What are your plans? So we want to go out west. I mean, ultimately, we wanted to use this trip, um, and probably spend a year and visit some really nice places, some cool towns and and find somewhere to live. I mean, that's the ultimate goal but we're not in a rush to do it and we certainly don't have a a plan or a or a route we're going to go to out west in the new year and that, that's about as far as we've got we haven't planned anywhere to stay after january the first but our our general plan is to spend a year but we're also very open that if we find a place that knocks our socks off maybe it'll be sooner maybe it'll be longer we're we're really hoping the canadian border opens up because we'd like to spend a lot of time uh, up in Canada and hitting all of their national parks as well. So, um, yeah, we don't know. We're kind of playing it by ear. But as Jill said, past January 1, we don't even know what state we're going to go. Wow, that'd be amazing. I've always wanted to do the same in Canada. So hopefully for everybody, these, these borders and this pandemic is over as soon as possible. Because I'm sure none of us thought it would continue this long. Well, so. and, you know, to... To bring this back to your actual podcast about traveling, we both travel before we met and certainly since we've met, maybe a little less since the dog, but we both travel extensively in very, very different ways. And in fact, we met our mutual friend, Anna, in Vietnam and Cambodia, where uh, where we were in February when COVID was, well, COVID wasn't COVID. COVID was a novel respiratory virus. And um, so that was our last real trip. And I definitely think that that's played into it for people that love to travel. I know they know exactly what we're talking about, that if all of a sudden you can't travel, you get really restless if you're used to traveling often. Um, and that certainly has played into our decision making. So having a motorhome or any type of RV camper van would has allowed us and would allow anyone to keep that travel bug going while also being very cognizant of all the CDC guidelines of staying safe. Yeah. Oh, I can totally sympathize with you as a fellow traveler. And I haven't told you this, but I just got approval to get residency in Portugal. I'm going to be moving there um, at the end of December. And I've decided that it's it's going to be better to have the legal right to be in this country. And then hopefully it'll be easier for me from there to travel, at least in Europe, until things change. Well, congrats yeah. on that. I know yeah. you said you were going to tell our, tell your listeners more when it was finalized. So congrats. Yes, I've, I'm announcing it here. I just heard uh, just after Thanksgiving that the visa was in my passport at my family home. So, Fantastic. yeah, um, and I would love to meet you guys there one day or meet you in the U.S. So where are you right now? Currently, we're in Georgia. We're at a place called um, a very odd name, yeah. Hard Labor Creek State Park. Um, <laughs> and I will say that so far, I mean, we've, we've been at this for two months now. Our biggest surprises, well, I'll answer for myself. My biggest surprises have been Georgia and Kentucky, states 
I'm sorry for those who live there that I had kind of written off. I'm from the States and I felt like I knew them. I did not know them at all. We have seen beautiful, beautiful countryside. And that's, I will say that's been another pearl of our RV trip so far is that in my mind, it was, I think what a lot of people would think we were going to hit and we still will. I mean, our plan is to hit all the national parks and Yosemite and Yellowstone and the Tetons and all those places that everyone dreams about and many of which we've been to already but we want to go back uh but some of these little state parks i've never heard of we went to a state park in virginia i'd never heard of that was just amazing we did a cycling tour in uh, west virginia i'm from pennsylvania i've never even heard of this so going off the beaten path and just kind of choosing a random place has been a real real treat on this trip so far and how about you, Jules? What challenges have you faced? Bits falling off in my hand every time I try and use something on the RV. <laughs> <laughs> These things are expensive and they're so shoddily made. It's uh, it's frightening, to be honest. But, I mean, that's I do have an engineering background, so luckily I can fix stuff. But yeah, they're, they're not what you think they are. The, the money that they ask for them, it's not like um, a luxury car, you know, that's that's, you know, a lot of money. They just seem to be very cheaply made. <laughs> so that's my biggest challenge is making sure that um, everything still works. Well, I would feel very lucky to be traveling with you, Jules, because I am the farthest thing from an engineer and <laughs> always happy to find someone who can fix things. Oh, he he is really incredible with that. And I have said often not to turn off your listeners, but I think how do normal people without engineering degrees do this? Because when things break, I'm pretty good at like, a fix-it-yourself makeshift MacGyver maneuver. But when things just don't work, like the awning stopped working and the slide was making water, a weird noise. Water pump. We've had a water pump issue. And I would just be clueless as to, I fix people, not stuff. So for him to be able to really get in there and, and he does get dirty and sweaty and he'll get underneath the sweary. rig and he'll, he'll get very sweary. Um, but he has just diagnosed the problem and fixed it every single time. So, and we heard that on all the channels that if you think just because you're spending money or it's brand new, in fact, especially if it's brand new, um, because it's not worn in and used, um, there things are going to go wrong straight off of the, the assembly line. Things are going to go wrong and you just have to accept it and roll with it or you're going to be in a world of disappointment well we tried to set ourselves up for success by buying a year old 2000 mile rv but i, I don't think any of that matters <laughs> we, we've now learned plug for ourselves a year from now the best rv to buy is one that someone has uh lived, lived, in. lived in and loved yeah i'm not saying hundreds of thousands of miles but they've worked through all the kinks i mean we found well we Jules has found quite a few things wrong that clearly have been wrong since manufacturing, clearly not to go into detail. Um, and just the people that sold it to us, they, I don't think they did it on purpose. It wasn't malicious. They just didn't know because they had only taken it out a couple weekends. So in retrospect, I think I, we would have leaned towards something with some more mileage, some more use to get all these kinks worked out because things have really calmed down from mm -hmm. the first month. Yeah. Yeah, that is great advice. Um, I wouldn't think about that, but it makes perfect sense. Yes, yeah, so um, what, what an RV that somebody's 
lived in and used. Not not you know that it's worn out. Uh, it's probably a good bet if if you are not you know able to fix stuff yourself because stuff's going to come up in your hand all the time. Okay, are you for hire, Jules? If uh... yes, I am actually. <laughs> <laughs> the fixing RV. Christy's just turned 50, so yeah, if there's somebody younger. We need some supplemental income. <laughs> I'm, I'm willing to hire her out. Okay. So you are working remotely, as you said, Christy, right now. Are you just doing a, a couple hours a day, or is it you know, a, an amount of money that you feel is going to allow you guys to keep going as long as you want, or how has no. that worked on the road? There um so in the position that I, that I am in, I've been working remotely since March, um, since COVID kicked off. And the vast majority of my time is one-on-one -on -one meetings with students within education. And so I've been able to continue that quite successfully uh, virtually. Um, a lot of those are video calls or phone calls. I do a lot of data-driven advising, but with all the technology today, you can share spreadsheets and data sources. And so that's been going very well. The plan though was um, that when we went on this RV trip, I was going to be separating from my job because we really wanted to be in this mentally and emotionally full-time. Um, but th there was a need, There's there's been a transition period at my work, so I'm continuing on remotely just in different locations uh, until they get a, a replacement for me and I can get that person trained up. But to the real answer to your question was anticipating that we would do, well, we never thought we were going to do this, but move and maybe take a little break and assess. We have been saving for this for some time. Okay. Yeah. As you said, you've been wanting to move for many years and you just didn't know what exactly that was going to look like, but, okay, but that's, that's great that they, it's, it's great. You were able to keep doing that for them, but also that you can still, I guess, have a bit of income to start and just transition, help them transition. Yeah. And there's no question that it, it, it having some financial security does take, you know, that's what a privilege, you know, to, to not have to worry about it, um, that that I do still have some income coming in to help us with this. So, and I think that's eased the transition because I, I, as I mentioned earlier, I've like gone straight through school and I've been such a traditional student all the way and a total book nerd geek. And so to just like up and not have a job, I think would be incredibly foreign to me. So this is, this is a good, segue to see what retirement someday will be like. Okay. Have you had any problems with connectivity on the road with Wi-Fi? You know, Matic people are always worried about that. So funny you should say that because we have not had a single issue until here. In the past couple days, we have had some issues that I've noticed on one of them was a phone call. Um, and then I switched to Wi-Fi and I was having issues there. And I just gave a, a pretty important seminar to 200 people a couple hours ago. And so thank goodness Jules did whatever it is he does with our connectivity stuff. So I had a great uh, video webinar conference. But again, like if this was me, Van Life, I would not have anything. So for connectivity and how to do it, I'll turn that over to him. Well, so we've got, we've got um, a limited data plan with AT&T and then a Verizon um, hotspot uh, unlimited plan. But the, the, the motorhome itself has it's got only internal Wi-Fi um, routers, 
So if we supply them with one of the hotspots, it will then, you know, it by the signal. Use that at all. We've got this little, um, I can't think what they're called, the little Verizon jetpack. jetpack. And it's fantastic. It's been absolutely fantastic. In the last couple of days, for some reason, everything's gone a little bit slow. So I like Formula One. So I've been able to stream Formula One races. Uh, I bought a couple of Apple TVs with us, you know, to, to watch. And uh, we haven't had any real problems up until now. Something's obviously amiss somewhere with uh, externally to us, I would say, with the signal. Wow, that's really reassuring, though, to hear there's been almost no problems. I, I, I imagine out somewhere out in the West in some of these like sparse, barren landscapes, it may change. I think that's true. And I think, you've, I think if you're going to go out West, you've got to get Verizon. I've had AT&T always, um, but uh, advice was you're definitely going to need it. And there's a really good app um, called, um, I think it's just called Coverage, actually. And it covers all the, um, let me just... But he's if you're in if you want your connectivity, there are apps there even on some of the campground sites. They'll tell you um, what coverage there is. T-Mobile, Sprint, Verizon, AT and T. So you can get an idea. So it's not coincidence or luck that we've had such good connectivity. That was something Jules really wanted, at least when it's possible uh, while we were traveling. So that's been good for him. Yeah, the app's called Coverage Question Mark. It's called Coverage Question Mark, but it's really good. And it's a free app um, and it will show you where there's holes in coverage, but it's pretty much everywhere is covered by Verizon. Um, not so much with AT&T when you get out west, but yeah, I, I don't think we're going to have a problem, I hope. But as everyone's told us, don't count on campground Wi-Fi. Yeah. It's, you have to be standing right next to it. It's ridiculously slow. You'll give up before you do anything. So yeah. we've pretty much done everything through our phones and hotspots uh, with the jetpack. Yeah. It's good to know that the coverage is that good because I still have that dream, like I'm sure many people do, of doing that U.S. road trip for as long as I can. And I'm probably going to have to keep working through it. So good to know. Yeah. Yeah. Are there any other apps that you guys use? Yeah, definitely. Um, gosh, I have a list. RV Life. So we have RV Life, which we particularly use. There are multiple features of that. One is called RV Wizard that you can plan your trips. And so before you give your credit card to book something, you can see how many miles away it is, what the route looks like, how many days you're gonna stay there. You can do budget if you want. We don't use it for that, but um, it's a really, really helpful route planning tool. And then within that is GPS wizard or something. I can't remember what it's called, but from there it will give you, you put in the dimensions of your rig, of your RV, and it will tell you specifically you know, don't go down this road, there's a, a tunnel and you won't fit through that. So um, it gives you not the most direct directions as if you were in a car, but will guide you in a more RV friendly way. So we use that one a lot. We're also using, it's called the DIRT, uh, D-Y-R-T, which is also a very similar, I'm, I'm really comparing and contrasting them I hope someone from the dirt is listening because I have some comments. It's whoever has designed the dirt is much better at the interface and usability. Uh, usability is that a word? Usability. Usability. Yeah. Usability. It's just it's very very easy. It's sleek. It's it just I love how it looks and it's easy to navigate. But it doesn't have, it won't let me do some of the things that RV Trip Wizard does. So I find myself using both of them. Um, interchangeably, they both 
take you directly to campground reviews, which has been huge for us. Um, because another thing we've learned the hard way, even if a campground is rated very highly, you need to review why it's rated so highly. So for instance, one that we went to that we thought we were gonna like, and it was just overrun with loud screaming children, we, for our likes, we read in the reviews, everybody loves it because there's so many things for their kids to do. Well, we were looking for a quiet time in the forest, so that didn't really work for us. Anyhow, so we used the reviews from RV Trip Lizard and The Dirt. We also use Campendium a lot, Boondockers Welcome, Harvest Toast. Huge, huge shout out to Harvest Toast. I hope they're listening too. Um, they work with signing up wineries, breweries, farms and attractions that will allow you to stay typically for free on site at their location. But of course, the expectation is that then you frequent their establishment. And we, um, we initially thought, wow, what a great fun thing to do and save money. I can tell you already after two months, you do not save money. You spend more money than you do if you were at a campground. But that being said, we've had some incredible experiences. We went to an alpaca farm and got to help train some of the creas, as they're called, as we learned. We just stayed at a brewery and, and met the owner who was winery. lovely. Or, sorry, wineries. a winery. A winery. Um, and we've stayed at a couple breweries and it's just, it, and they all have safe places outside. So it's something I'm concerned about. Um, but it's just a really, really nice change of pace instead of a campground. You you only stay one night. Harvest Toast is a membership, so you pay a fee. But I think it's well worth it. It's $75, I believe, for the year. And then that gives you access to all of the sites that participate. And then you reach out to the site individually, as they describe, to set up a night stay. That's incredible. That sounds like so much fun. It is good, and it's no hookups, so no electricity, no water, which is obviously fine for one night. Um, but we've we've stayed in some great places. I've really enjoyed it. But yeah, it's uh, it's not a free night because you, can, which is fine because the experience is well worth it. We uh, we stayed at a horse farm in Kentucky that was just in the middle of nowhere, really. Um, but the scenery, I mean, so it was just us in this field and looking over horse farms, and it was. Our Tigger, our dog, loved it. He didn't know what to make of cows. There were a lot of cows there, too. Um, but it was just just beautiful scenery and quiet, so quiet, stars, so many stars. stars yeah. And then the hosts, as they call them, the, the woman that owned and ran the farm, uh, came down that night and sat around the fire with us and chit-chatted and brought us a bottle of champagne. I mean, we've just yeah. met some lovely, lovely people. My sister actually lives in Lexington, so I go to Kentucky you know, multiple times a year. And it's, it is a much more incredible state than I ever thought it was over the river there. I'm from just over the river in Cincinnati. So yeah, shout out to Kentucky. It's, it's an yeah. amazing place. Yeah. Indeed. Well done, Kentucky. I'm impressed. <laughs> Love that uh, chicken. Yeah. <laughs> so how would you describe campground life in general? Was it um, what you expected it to be when you, I guess that's where most people in RVs are staying as they're traveling around. That's a hard one to answer because everyone has its own personality, wouldn't you say? Yeah, but I mean, we've got our same, pretty much same routine though. We get up, we walk the dog, we have breakfast, we go and do mountain bike or hike or something. And then we sit around a fire, have something to eat at night, go to bed, rinse, 
rinse, wash, rinse, wash, repeat. Rinse, repeat. Yeah, we and we do the same thing. So now, so and I don't mean this to sound odd, but I do not make eye contact with people. I don't want to talk to anybody. I'm not looking for friends. I, I'm I, so from that point of view, I'm not a very social animal at all. I hear a lot about oh, you meet all these people. Everybody's coming into your RV, playing cards. Oh. And- talking all night people are super friendly and obviously i will say hello but i keep moving i'm not a sitting target i say hello keep going keep going so um (laughs) the people seem yeah seem very friendly but yeah i'm not looking to to make friends that being said we have met some lovely people including the last place we were in georgia there was a couple next to us from wisconsin that were clearly very into mountain biking and I could tell Jules wanted to oh, talk to them. And the I kept gems. saying, I kept, yeah, the yeah. generators, if you're listening, yeah. I kept saying, go, go speak to them. Go speak to them. No, I'm nervous. I'm nervous. So he oh. does this whole song and dance. He doesn't like people, but he's Mr. Chatty Cathy out there. Don't believe him. <laughs> oh, I can be quite a social person and I would look forward to that. But I can also see the side of myself getting a little tired of it or, or having those days where I just don't want to make any eye contact. Well, and again, with RV life, you can do that. You can be totally social one day and you will have new neighbors the next day. And if you don't feel like talking, you don't have to talk. I mean, that is, and in fact, we, that's one of our, we really like to see like who's around where. And when we got to this campground, which was a Saturday, it was rammed. There were so many people here, which is something we found on the road. The weekends are full. The weekdays, empty. Um, so we got here Saturday. We both kind of did this, like, get in your shell because there are just people everywhere and kids everywhere. And it, it felt a little bit claustrophobic. And then come Monday morning, we couldn't, there was, we had one neighbor. Gone, yeah. That was it. And then all of a sudden, we were chatty to him. He had a dog. We've met, we've talked to him quite a few times. He just left today. So we're kind of sad, but you you know, you do, you you have these neighbors that come and go and you can turn it on or turn it off at will. Oh, and it's nice the way these campsites are are actually arranged, especially the Army Corps of Engineers. Whereas, um, you know, one side of any RV is always the party side of, you know, where all the awning is and all the rest of it. And the other side is the business side. So everyone (laughs) is set up. So you're always... You don't get party side to party side, which is fantastic. You know, uh, this is they... so cool. I did not know about like this the, this culture within the campground. <laughs> we didn't there's... know that either. We didn't know any of this. We didn't this know any of it. Yeah. So they're all all RVs, campervans, everything, everything, caravan. They're all set out like that. The door and the awning and the everything, all the stuff is on one side, and then the other side is where the electricity hookup is, the water hookup. Um, you know, all the stuff, propane. That, propane, all that's all on the dirty side, my side, working side, yeah, the working side. So you've got the party side, but that backs onto the other person's working side. So you never really, it, it, you never end up party side to party side. So you don't have to talk to anybody. But are but there again, rules about noise? Like, do is there usually a like after midnight, everybody has to stop partying, or 10, have you had like some 10, problems? 10 PM. I think 10, it's been okay. 10 p.m. everywhere. Now, that being said, you know, we've seen these videos where RVs just look like they're right on top of each other. And again, they get five-star ratings, so they're doing something right for whoever's looking for that. We have really, in fact, I think we've only stayed at state parks or Army Corps of Engineer Engineers sites yeah. because we, again, we're out here to hike and bike and be in the middle of the forest. So, um, I, I think, again, you can cater it to what you need. That Not this site necessarily, but our last site, 
it was what's called a pull-through site. So instead of backing in, which is what we've done now and what we've done at most places, you drive all the way through, which means the, quote, party side um, is looking on. We were looking on a lake. Our past two sites were Army Corps of Engineers drive through. And so the entire side of our rig kind of shielded us from the the campground road and we were overlooking this gorgeous lake there were loons there were grebes i'm really into birds um cormorants herons all kind of ducks i mean it was amazing really amazing wow it sounds incredible i'm definitely getting excited to get on the road um what are three of the most useful things you would say that you have in your rv or that you brought with you in your rv i know you've mentioned the grill already and I would say that jetpack, I think that is uh, extremely useful. Um, sounds sounds vital. Yeah. What about your fireplace? Out, your, out yeah. Door. So we've got we we bought. It sounds like a luxury, but um, I'm, luxury. I I don't I don't like fire. I don't like to make fires and things like that. It's just I've never liked fire since I was a kid. Um, so we bought this propane um, gr- uh, fire fire pit, if you like, that you can travel with. So it's probably 20 inches in diameter and it's got coals in it, you know, fake coals. I mean, they're real. If you touch them, they're not fake. Um, And then you light this up and it just glows and fires like a proper fire. So we've sat in front of that a lot. Wow. And And it just goes on propane and it's just, it's just the last. But you know, it has an orange flame from it and uh, just one click. Boom, it's on. Not boom, obviously, that would be terrible. But <laughs> but yeah, it's it's on. I but, have to say I like the sound of that. I would I'm more in your camp, Jules. I'm like, you know, it's not natural, it's not exactly what you're imagining as a campfire, but it's very practical. Well, so this again goes back to our differences. I am a real fire girl. And so I have we've gone to some of the campgrounds where I go out and collect the wood and collect the kindling or a lot of the campgrounds you can buy it because it's not good for the environment to well, it's not good for the environment to burn wood, is it? But it's not good to transport firewood because you can take different insects and infestations. So you can buy it at the campground. But when I I have to say that when I've made fires on these trips, which are wonderful once they're going, when I start the process of making it, he'll start a timer and crack a beer and then just start cackling if I can't get it going, saying, anytime you want me to flip this switch, you just let me know. (laughs) And it's really demoralizing if you've been working 20 minutes to get the perfect fire and he just flicks it on with his propane fire. But that's another thing, the propane fire. So this lovely RV had no quick connect for propane. So you couldn't connect anything to it, which to me is just crazy. So I rigged up a quick connect propane. I shouldn't say this in case we all explode. And then they say, well, that idiot made it himself. Um, So I put a a quick connect in so that we can just plug a line in and start the fire or start the griddle um, from, you know, without having to have individual tanks. Because obviously we've got a big central one in the in the RV. This is so illuminating for me. All these things I never knew you needed to think about when you had an RV. Nor did we. We thought it was all magic. Someone had thought about this when they designed it, but obviously (laughs) they didn't. They haven't. The other thing I'd say for most useful, we have camped quite a bit. We had, you know, the collapsible camp chairs and we had some sun loungers and things. And and we were going to bring the camp chairs. Well, we saw on an RV channel these other collapsible camp chairs 
that just looked incredible to me. They were huge and padded. They almost looked like those old fashioned Papazon chairs, um, if that's what they're called. And so we ended up investing, and I do say investing because they were about 120 bucks um, for two of these chairs. But that to me is one of the best things we bought because we sit in those chairs almost every night and I like to have my feet tucked up under me. So I can sit in that in yoga style in those chairs. I sit out during the day to look at my birds. I brought my binoculars. I mean, I spend a lot of time in that chair. So that was that was a well worth it investment. Oh, I would love to get the link to these chairs because I need to envision them and probably buy one myself if I'm going to go in an RV. Oh, I can't recommend them highly enough. No, they don't They're fold so up good. very small. That's the one thing. They don't fold up super small, do they, like the other ones? But instead, we got rid of our table and bought this. It's like a, you can tell a rock climber, Alex Honnold, did, designed yeah, it yeah. um table i love so that I, movie by the way yeah, free yeah. solo I, I, shout out i feel like we've uh we've made you know what we use on the chairs we've taken away from the table so yeah. it's all fair game no. <laughs> well i next want to ask the inevitable question so what things do you miss about being based in a house or is there anything you're missing from your old charleston life i think both of us are very much in the moment and slash me probably more than Jules, I'm always very future oriented. What's next? What's next? What's next? Which drives my parents crazy because they call it being non-sentimental. But when I've moved, I've moved. I, you know, it's, it's nothing personal. It's just that chapter's done. We're on a new chapter. That being said, we had a, a back porch. The porch itself wasn't great, but our backyard was incredible. Um, because it wasn't a yard. It was a marsh. Uh, our backyard was completely marsh. You couldn't do anything to it. It was protected. And again, for me, watching the birds every morning with my coffee was pretty incredible all the time. But as we found on the road, I can do that every everywhere we go. And I've seen so many different birds that we didn't have at home. That's really the only thing I think, um, physical thing I miss. Now, you definitely miss conveniences. When, when something breaks or it's really cold or if we've had a couple downpours that you walk the dog and then you have to bring you, the dog, back inside your tiny little living space soaking wet when we used to go in the basement and have room and, you know, you miss those types of conveniences. I really miss long, hot showers a lot, oh. but that's not, you know, our house per se. Do the bathhouses have long hot showers yeah and that's actually that's why i go to them a lot i love so i read one of your questions that i read was about when you travel what do you love i'm obsessed with going grocery shopping in foreign countries i just i love it yeah even if i don't buy anything i love walking around and looking at all the different things i have i had no idea until this trip i'm doing the same thing with bathhouses i like to assess are they clean? Are they uh, tidy? How are they designed? How is the water pressure? How's the water temperature? Is there a little changing area? It's become quite a little side hobby for me. Well, I'm glad you found joy in these different things you didn't expect, you know? <laughs> Who knew? But I, Who I'm knew? with I... you on the long, hot shower. That is, after a week or so, I'd be looking for the nearest bathhouse for sure. What do you miss from home? Uh, I, I miss um, listening to music on my hi-fi, but that's it. But I've instead just bought smaller hi-fi just some headphones and a headphone amplifier so i'm not i'm actually not i don't think i miss that much cycling you're doing more cycling doing more, here yeah I'm, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm yeah i'm not 
varied. I mean, I used to have a road bike as well, but now it's all mountain biking. But I don't think I miss much at all. I, I'm I'm quite resolute in what we're doing that we're doing the right thing. And if I don't say that, she hits me. So back to what Christy was saying about like she doesn't look back. She's a future oriented person. I was just talking to a friend yesterday, and he was saying he's the same. It's just a mindset, you know. You just shift into those new places, and you're shifting into a lot of new places all the time. So. I can definitely see the necessity for that way of thinking. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's pointless saying you miss everything. I want, I want to go ha- back to a, you know having a full size this and a, you know all these other things. Continuous electricity and water and waste because we're not going to change it. So I'm, I'm a big believer in it. it's no point in wishing stuff that you can't have. It's like you want a better government, but you can't have one. So it's pointless, pointless worrying about it. So I think what you're what you're talking about though right now is what a lot of people will say that prevents them from getting on the road like you guys have finally done. It's a shame that more people can't not miss those conveniences and just go for it. Well, and that was I think that was one of your questions, wasn't it? And my answer is that what we said yesterday. My 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 outlook and everything is it's it's all going to be okay. You're going to be fine. So that and that's what I would say to anybody. You'll be fine. You'll be okay. Don't worry, just just go and then you'll be fine. So I'll give the counter to that. Um, This is my personality and also my my profession as an emergency medicine physician. I'm always assessing what can go wrong and what will go wrong, always. And I always have a plan A, plan B, plan C. It's just the way we think. Um, So I'm he's so easygoing and I'm not. I do worry about things. But one thing we promised each other when we started this trip was no matter how bad it gets, we're going to do it for three months. If it if it three months, we still hate it. We're going to bail because all these channels we've watched and think it's you know, it's one thing to watch people parked in front of the Tetons drinking coffee. But if you watch the YouTube channels enough, you realize how many things can and will go wrong. Uh, lots of things will go wrong. And so we did not, I think we really underestimated what a steep learning curve it was. Navigating, finding campgrounds. I mean, even that was stressing me out in the beginning, finding a place to stay and is it full and can we stay the whole time and do they take dogs and do they have electricity and How long can we last without electricity? And it's just a really, really steep curve driving it. And we were worried about how to refuel all all those things. There are so many things. It all melts away. So I, and and now I think we're definitely getting the group. So anyone who's concerned and worried that all these things are going to happen, they will, they will happen, but it doesn't, it's such an amazing experience that it would be a shame if you let that hold you back. It has to be incredible too, two months on to realize all those things that now seem easy for you, all the things you've learned and think all the things you've overcome. I would feel just really satisfied and excited. Yeah. When I first got this, I'd never driven anything like this. I was shitting myself every journey and my eyes were out on stalks every time we drove. Um, I feel at ease with it, um, but we were worried about getting gas because we didn't know how to get in and out of gas stations. And now we oh, did propane. We didn't know how, to, didn't know how to do propane. that. We've had our first propane. Fill. The I mean, first time we went to a dump station, it was yeah, like, we, oh my gosh, so we don't know what we're doing. We're going to be like the, the Robin Williams in the RV film. Yeah, like, how do, how do we do this? I mean, oh. You can watch it a lot of times on YouTube, how to dump the tanks on this. But, you know, it, actually doing it for the first time, you just, 
for it, but now we don't even think about it. And like I say, refueling this, yeah, making yeah. reservations, all of it. It's just, it's really becoming second nature. I think we're really settling in. And that's where the magic is, because then you can really just enjoy, and you know, the, I think some of the best parts are getting up every day and say, what do you want to do today? You want to bike? You want to hike? You want to run? You want to just hang out? We love camp days, too. When we get to a new place, we tend to get to a new place, set up, get out the bikes and do, we call it the recon of the campsite. Just kind of get a feel for what's here, what amenities they have or don't have. And then the next day, we typically just sit around outside and read and soak up the sun. And if I have to work, we'll do a little bit of work, but just really kind of relax and then kick off our outdoor activities. Sounds like you're so much closer to nature now. Oh, Has we're that both changed right you? now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I knew it. Gosh. Something told me that was the case. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not, so I'm glad you brought that up, though, about nature, because for me, if I had to name that, like, what is the one best part about all this? I would have thought it was seeing all these places or moving around so much, which are like top two and three. Um, but my number one is I am outdoors a lot. Wayne, and I'm a really outdoor nature oriented person, but I think it's just modern life. You're indoors a lot. You're on your laptop all the time. You're on your phone all the time. And just to when, when a, a beauty of being in a small enclosed space in an RV is you can only handle so much of that and you want to go outside. So we're outside first thing in the morning, most of the afternoon, in the evening, way more outdoor time. I love the smell of fresh air. It's, that part's been my favorite part. Have you ever spent this much time together until you got on the road? Yeah, we spent a lot we, of time we spend, Yeah, we, Because my job's always been basically at home, um, you know, since we moved to Charleston. But we, we're in each other's um, confines all the time. We've always been like that. I don't. It's that was. I don't think it was ever going to be a problem. We never worried about spending so much time together. You know, we make all our friends sick. When we both had normal jobs, Jules would always drive me to work. Always drive me to work. Pick me up from work. They'd call my chauffeur, and when he would say, "You know, why are you driving her to work?" He'd say, "Well, it's ten more extra minutes we get to spend together." Oh. Our friends just. We make them sick. <laughs> I mean, from all you've said, it sounds like you're just perfect traveling companions for this RV life with your different backgrounds. Is there space for a third person for a week or two? I mean, I, I feel well, very safe with you two in the RV. This is supposedly sleep six people. We've told anyone that everyone's only two beds in it. How they, how the, I won't disclose the maker, but it's any of these RV makers, how they say sleep six, sleeps eight, they're smoking crack. They're, they're. You know, this one sleeps six. Our dog takes up eighty percent of our bed every night, so I don't, I don't know where they're getting that from. <laughs> well, well, where are you traveling to next? You said you knew where you were going up until the new year. Where is next for you after Georgia? So after Georgia, we're going down to Florida. My best friend, second best friend uh, from England, who lives in San Francisco, he's coming with his girlfriend to Miami. So we said we'd go down as close to Miami as you can get. I mean, who knew that Florida um, RV parks sell out a year in advance? Who knew? Because I really want to go down to the Keys. And uh, you you can't find anywhere to stay in the Keys one year in advance. So wow. we're going to go close to, closest to Miami as we can. And um, hopefully we're going to see him between Christmas and the new year. 
and then January the 1st, we... Head west. We head west, yeah. We turn left on the map and uh, head west. We pull a car with us. Um, so, yeah, should we need that? One of the reasons we bought the car is so that if there's some of the national parks we can't fit the RV in, then we can still go visit. That is good advice. Bring a car, get a car and have it with you too. Yeah. Well, that, I will say that brings its own challenges. Yeah, there's another though, level because, of complication um, then. So for terminology, if you tow your car, they call it a toad or a dinghy, which as a nautical person, I like the dinghy term. But so that that adds, you know, we're already in a 35-foot RV, and then you add another, I 15, don't know, 16 plus, uh, probably another nearly 20 feet on the back of that. So that's, that's and you can't back up with that. I mean, it's just a whole nother level of complexity and safety, all about safety. Um, on how to safely attach and tow and drive. And it's, everything's complicated. I will say that. Yeah. Again, that's that whole steep learning curve. It's complicated in the beginning. It's becoming second nature now, but. Okay. Very good to know. Well, have an incredible time in Florida. Yeah, we're looking, for, we're looking forward to that. We're looking forward to going left, to going out west. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, so much to explore. We, we do have such a beautiful country and I'm glad you guys are getting the chance to see it. Well, thank you guys so much. I could talk to you for another hour about your travels before this RV life. It's a, it's like, wh where do we even begin? But if people do want to follow you on this adventure, where can they go? Um, so my Instagram is Jules Bourne. That's all one word, J-O-O-L-S-B-O-U-R-N-E. And Twitter is J7OLS. So we're posting pictures on there and some witty comments that are just hilarious. Just ask me. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, they can, they can see stuff from there. Or Christy's doing some as well. Yeah. So, again, this goes back to connectivity. So I wasn't going to do anything. And then I caved and I started an Instagram, which is uh, Junebug2021, 2021. Um, Sorry, 20201, because 2020 was taken, whoever that was. But I have to admit, I'm not very good about it. So Jules is far more interesting than mine. All right. And I will get the photo of your RV from you, as I said, and I will put that on the schooloftravels.com. So looking forward to seeing photos from your life on the road. Fantastic. Excellent. Thank you so much yeah. for having yeah, us. Yeah, it's Becky. really nice to talk to you, Becky. Thank, Thank you. you so much. It was so lovely to be connected with you through Anna. And I can't wait to one day meet you in person. Yes, I'm sure. Indeed, and congrats on Portugal. Yeah. So excited for you. Obrigado. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. And hey, if I end up with an RV in Portugal, you're welcome to come. I'll, <laughs> hey, I'll take you around. <laughs> All right. Well, you guys have a lovely night. You too. Thanks, you too, yeah. Becky. I would absolutely love to travel with Jules and Christy if I could magically make the time and get over to the U.S. right now. I don't know about you, but they definitely inspired me to put RV or van life on my bucket list, and I really hope I can get on the road soon. I'm going to put all the links to the apps that Jules and Christy mentioned on theschooloftravels.com, including Harvest Host, whose website looks amazing, by the way, and a link on Amazon for those very cozy chairs that Christy mentioned. I've also put the link to Jules's Instagram so you can follow along on their journey. Thanks again to Christy and Jules for the amazing conversation and to you as always listeners for tuning in and coming along with us. Wishing you a happy holidays and until next time, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay tuned.
Thanks for listening to the School of Travels podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love for you to subscribe and leave us a rating wherever you get your podcasts. Special thanks to The Sam Chase for allowing us to use their song, In a Perfect World. Don't forget to join us next week for another episode, and remember to always let travel be your teacher. If you keep your options open, there are places you will go. They will treat you like the kings and queens your parents thought you'd be when you were born. You'd see it all with your head up standing tall, and you'd look back and think it's funny how you spent your time and money in this world. Living in this